welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by a lovely guest, Beatrice Friesland. She works with Cryos International, which is a leading herb and sperm donor agency. Beatrice joins us from Denmark and will be telling us all about Cryos International and the services to provide to help singles and couples trying to conceive. So welcome Beatrice and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ola. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yay, thanks for being here. Uh, and to start off, we usually just say, tell us a little bit about yourself, as much or as little as you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as you mentioned, my name is Beatrice. I have been with uh, Christ International for six and a half years, and I work in the customer care department, where I uh, speak to uh, women from all over the world on a daily basis, uh, trying to help them uh, on their fertility journey. Um, as for me privately, I'm, uh, I'm a mom of two boys um, and I love what I do. And my, my sons, they think it's a cool job that I get to help <laughs> women uh, achieve their, their dream of becoming uh, parents. Yes, that's so lovely. And, and of course, you know, you mentioned that you've been working with the Cryos for the last six and a half years. So can you tell us a little bit about Cryos International and what you what you're offers and offerings are? Well, um, from, from Denmark, we offer uh, a sperm. Um, and then we have um, also um, our uh, offices in Orlando, Florida, and in, um, in Cyprus, where they oh. both, both of those locations have both egg, egg and sperm. Um, oh. But yeah, and um, from Denmark, well, we can uh, help out um, women sort out where they want to have their fertility treatment uh, almost anywhere in the world, basically. Really? So yeah. you could literally get your sperm or eggs to any country in the world? More or less. I mean, it, they're, they're, we always, always have to take uh, into consideration legislations of each country. Um, if right. there's a country we cannot ship to, we can always... Um, try to help find um, another country where that has, where the, uh, the client can receive her treatment. So oh, um, nothing is, I mean, nothing is impossible. We always try to find the best solution for our clients uh, so that they can commence their journey. That's amazing, right? Because lots of people oftentimes uh, wonder about uh, where to get eggs and sperm, and especially when you're looking for specific ethnicities. Yes. Uh, so to have the option to send it to any country in the world, that's really amazing. Yes. And yeah. in terms, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, uh, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of uh, the options you have, do you have a lot of diversity in terms of uh, the ethnicities or countries of origins of the donors? We try to, to aim to have as much as possible. There are, of course, some ethnicities that can be a little bit harder to... Uh, to get in, um, so but we we try to uh, to 
get as many uh, different ethnicities um, as possible. Um, okay. Sometimes uh, it can be a bit harder because they sell out faster, um, especially uh, people with Asian and African background. And they're very so, uh, sought after because right. they don't have that many. So they do tend mm. to, to sell out a bit faster. Um, but but we try to to have uh, a big variety, and that also comes down to the different backgrounds. That I mean, our donors come from, from so many so, diverse backgrounds, and um, their 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 rate of, uh, of entrance to becoming donors is also very uh, um, diverse, and that's it's very interest uh, interesting to see how they go about it to become donors. Right. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, it is great that you, you know, you always try as much as possible to ensure that you're getting um, a wide variety of ethnicities. Uh, but of course, like you said, it's most of them are highly sought after. So as soon as you have, uh, you know, new people on, then people rush to get them. Yes, uh, they do. And it, I mean, depending on also on, on uh what kind of, of donors they want to become, whether uh, non-ID release or ID release, that can also make uh, make it or break it for, for the donors, uh, whether they want to, to become donors or not. Um, uh. so, so yeah, and, and, and that also comes down to uh, when, a, a, when, a, when a client wants to have treatment in a certain country where you can only use a certain donor profile, then that can, also be um, hard to get um, some ethnic ethnicities because again they only choose to be a certain profile oh i see so for example like the uk has the id release at 18 and yeah. uh, as far as i'm aware here in nigeria we don't necessarily have any requirement to have details released so that could impact what the donor who is the donor wants to donate or not, right? Because some people don't want to be, they want to remain anonymous. Exactly. And, and we have to respect that. I mean, we, when, when the candidates come in and they're accepted as donors, they have to, um, to look into what kind of donor they would like to, to become. And we, our, our coordinators, they sit down with them and, and explain what it, uh, what it contains to be both anonymous donors and uh, ID release donors, and from there they right. take they take the decision um, on whether they want to be um, ID release donors, which is non anonymous donors, or anonymous donors, which is uh, non ID release donors. Right, so important. Okay, so thank you for highlighting that. I think it's important for listeners also to be aware that they need to check their countries and ensure that they're aware of what the requirements are so, so when they're choosing donors. Most definitely. But when, when um, a client logs into uh, our webpage, they have to type in which country they, they're receiving their treatment. And as ah. soon as they've typed in that, for example, if, if you're in the UK and you, uh, you're receiving treatment in the UK, you will only be shown donors that are UK eligible. So oh. this, goes for, this goes basically for each country that as soon as you, you type in the country of treatment, you'll be shown the donors that are eligible for that given country. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. That really helps. <laughs> so you don't actually, it, it's amazing, right? Because you don't have to worry yourself about trying to figure out what the, the requirements are for your country. The and, system already indeed, knows it. it. The system knows it and it will, uh, it will uh, help you not get into a lot of uh, headaches and, and yeah. stress about what kind of donor you uh, you're able to choose. And for us, it's very important uh, to, to be as informative as possible um, and as helpful as possible when, when uh, trying to pass on information to our clients. And, and we have to always have to take into consideration the, the legislation, which is why we've, we've done it like this. Yeah, so there are no misunderstandings. Really, yes, <laughs> that's really helpful. Uh, so when a person goes online and just orders uh, either egg or sperm, how long does the process, the shipping process normally or on average? Well, um, as soon as you've placed uh, the order to the clinic where you will receive the treatment, if it's within the, the EU, the European Union, it takes approximately one to three working days. And if right. it's outside the EU, it takes approximately five to seven working days. In addition, you also have to, when outside of the EU, have to take into consideration the time uh, it takes going through customs and mm. being declared and then being, uh, but I mean, usually about seven working days when it's outside the EU and then it's shipped directly uh, and handed over to the clinic. That's great. So for anyone listening, because sometimes people are concerned how much information is actually known about the donor, um, how much details do you do you, uh, recipient parents or individuals get about the donor? Well, when, when, you, uh, when you log in and you have selected your country and you're shown the donors, um, it depends on the donor that you're looking for. Uh, for example, I'll take the UK again as, um, as um, my, my basis. Um, for the UK, the, the donors have to be ID released, which means that right. they're non-anonymous. So you can select between two donor profiles. We have the ones with the basic profile, which means that you only get the physical characteristics from the donor. You get his uh, eye color, his height, his weight, his blood type, his, um, whether he's a student or working. And that's mm. basically very basic, basic information. And with, then we have donors who have extended profile where you get uh, baby pictures. There can be a voice recording of the donor. Oh. Um, there can be a whole questionnaire about his hobbies and passions, a bit about his um, day-to-day life, uh, if he's traveled. Uh, that there can be a handwritten note from the donor to the, to the donor child or the parents. Um, there can, uh, there, you'll see the family tree and then you get an idea of whether he has siblings or not. Um, there's more information. Uh, for each donor profile, you get a full summary of records which shows uh, which uh, hereditary diseases the donor has been tested for. And then ah. um, regularly the donors are tested for infectious diseases. And this will be updated on the summary of records. All oh, this wow, is that's... available uh, when you uh, log into the, 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 your profile and then uh, click on uh, the donor search and then you seek out the donors. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That's well detailed, right? That's, that's a whole cool. lot more that you get from clinics. 
works. Yeah, <laughs> but it all comes down to what kind of uh, what kind of donor that you're you're looking for and how much information that you like. Uh, some some uh, yeah want as little information as possible, and others they really want a lot of information. Some of our, our extended profile donors also have uh, pictures as adults, and this is something oh. that can be extra for because. It's a lot more detailed and the process is a little bit heavier because, of course, they're more, more exposed when mm -hmm. having a picture as an adult on their profile. But this goes both for, for egg and sperm donors. That's pretty cool. And it, I mean, it's great. Like you offer that you, people have a choice so you can decide what you want to know, how much information oh, yes. you want. Um, and, and we leave it complete. I mean, again, it's it's country regulated. So, um, again, you can only go as far as the legislation allows you. But for instance, with the UK, uh, you, with the ID donors, you, you basically, as you choose, can choose how much information you would like. That's really good to know. Um, and in terms of, uh, you know, people also wonder about the donor, either egg or sperm, how many times, uh, you know, they might have donated or how many potential families have selected that donor as well. So is there a maximum number of times that a donor can be selected? Well, for, yeah, for, for um, egg donors, uh, we, we rarely have more than one to two retrievals, but in, in terms of uh, international guidelines, they can donate up to six times. Um, for sperm donors, they can donate more because it's it's the regulation is different. However, of course, there is uh, there are limits as to how many families or children can be born from a uh, um, from a donation. Yeah, from a donor, a specific donor, um, and, and these are also country regulated. And, and that's why we have ports um, of reservations in place for, for countries. So um, some countries are regulated by family quotas and some are regulated by um, quotas per child born from a, a, a donor. Um, right. and, and we have a strict, very strict stock management system. So um, this, also means that it's very unlikely that it will be too many children born both from uh, an egg donor globally and also from, from sperm donors. And you mentioned the, the, the quarter reservation. What is that? I remember I saw that, like, saw that as well on your website, well, the family the, quarter. The, the family quarter or the pregnancy quota or, or quarter reservation is the, the it's just uh, your security for, um, and it's mandatory to, oh. to purchase, it gets added on when you make your, your purchase, um, it gets added on and it, it's your, your security that you, the donor does not uh, meet his limit for registered pregnancies in your country of treatment. So while you're having treatment, you can rest assured that your donor has not reached his limit. And as, as long as you, you keep that pregnancy quota, then you're within that limit because you've, you've got that slot in the in the uh, in that uh, in that limit um, right. and um, for family quotas it's uh, well as the, the 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 wording goes it's per family 
but there are also some that are per children, which means that if you're seeking to have more children, you'd need to purchase more quotas for, for your family. But again, this is country regulated, so it will, it, it will be something that we inform the, the client about when, uh, when they're in the, in the midst of, of the, the purchase, if they contact us. And also we, we contact them to, to ensure that they should consider purchasing both more samples, but also extra quota if, if mandatory uh, in the country of, of residence and treatment. Okay, that's really helpful because I knew, you know, uh, lots of people while going to treatment, even if they're trying for what their first child, might be considering options to try for a sibling and wanting to use the same donor yes. um, for that as and, well. So that's hmm. yeah, and we see that sometimes that they uh, they and some also just purchase quota, have the treatment, and then they uh, cancel the quota. Um, and then they want to repurchase it again, and then it's sold out. And, and we always recommend that as, as long as you haven't finished your treatment with that donor, do not cancel it. Right. until you're 100% sure that you do not wish to proceed with that donor, because it's heartbreaking sometimes to tell a, a client that she cannot purchase the same donor because, because he's, he's, uh, he's met his limit. Exactly. And if people purchase from you, so either egg or sperm, and there is no fertilization for any reason, or, you know, I mean, I haven't, in some cases you hear of this, not common, but it can happen. So I wonder, does cryos offer any options for anyone like that? Well, um, when it comes to, um, to eggs, um, we do have something called um, a blastocyst guarantee if you have a treatment in, in one of our reference clinics. That means that if you purchase a minimum of six eggs, we guarantee a minimum of one viable blastocyst for a right. clinical pregnancy. And if this is not obtained, then we will replace the six eggs for the next treatment. Um, and in relation to this, there are also a number of uh, sperm parameters that needs to, uh, to be adhered to. Um, but this is something we have a specific customer care egg team that can provide okay. a lot more information about this. They are very specialized. As uh, for sperm, well, it depends. I mean, if there's been something wrong with the sample, if, if there was some incident with the sample, then um, you would have to, the client will have to file a, a complaint and our laboratory would look into it. Um, okay. And if there indeed was something wrong with the sample, well, then we would uh, make a new full replacement order for that, uh, for the next cycle. But if there's no fertilization for, from the sperm and, and everything was in order and there's nothing wrong with the, the sperm sample, then it's, then there, the client would have to purchase a, a new sample. Okay, that's good to know because uh, you never know some things like that can happen. So it's good to, and it's great that uh, you also um, have the options to have you know customers explain what happened and to see what's available for them. So thank you for highlighting that. Oh, definitely. And for us, it's very, again, we're, we try to be as transparent as possible and also as informative as possible to, as to, also letting know that it's not a given that you get pregnant in, in your first cycle. 
per average, it's, it takes a couple of cycles. Um, yeah. So people should not be discouraged by this. Um, if you get pregnant in the first cycle, then, then it's you're very lucky. We see yeah. that it, it, on average, it does take three to four cycles to, to obtain a pregnancy. Exactly. It's so important that people know that. But it's great that, you know, even in spite of that, that you actually have that option of uh, guaranteeing a blastocyst or pregnancy. Um, that's, that's great because oftentimes you wouldn't get that. Um, yeah, that's true. So, but again, this is something that um, it has to be in one of our, cl uh, our, um, of our course. clinics for eggs. And then um, again, um, contact our customer care ed team because they are really good at explaining everything about the process from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And it's good that you have different departments as well. So people can actually specialize and have a better understanding of different aspects. Exactly. And if, if there's anything I, I can't, not even a given that though that I've been in the company for many years, it's not everything I'm hundred um, percent aware of, especially with eggs. It's not my my field, but I try to get as informed as possible to to answer. And what I cannot answer, I can at least pass on to one of my my specialized team members um, who can help out. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, for anyone wondering how much. Uh, rigorous testing or checks are done on donors before you actually accept them on your system? Well, I can tell you that our um, the process for the donor candidate, candidates is very rigorous and strict. Um, you can't just come in from the street, of course, and just uh, walk in and become a donor. The process is, is very rigorous. Um, it's the same both for eggs, egg and, and sperm donors. Um, they uh, have to fill out a form. Uh, if from that form uh, we find them uh, interesting enough, uh, mm -hmm. and then they're invited into um, to an interview, and then it takes off from there. Um, their their screenings done, um, both uh, physical and men mental screenings. Okay. We uh, look into um, through different interviews to to see if any of them have risk behaviors. We um, interview them about their families, if there are any uh, um, hereditary diseases. They mm -hmm. have um, psychological counseling. Um, they uh, we do the the genetic testing for the hereditary diseases. And then they also have the, um, the infectious disease test. And uh, for the, the um, egg donors, they also have a gynecolo uh, gynecology exam and an ultrasound to see how, uh, how everything is. Um, so yeah, it is very, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a process and it takes time. Uh, and if accepted, then that's when they choose whether they want to be um, uh, ID release or non-ID release donors and the type of profile. If they're uh, under 25, we, they have to go uh, through more interviews if they want to be ID release donors in order for them to understand 
everything that contains in that process because it is quite young and we want to make sure that they do make an informed consent when when ex accepting to becoming donors yeah i love it so detailed <laughs> and it is true right it's true that people would make informed decisions so i love the fact that you take the time to really spend time explaining and also going through testing for both the eggs and sperm donors yes and, and it, i mean for us it is important that they also understand everything that embryos in, in becoming a donor especially if you you choose to, to be an id release donor as you might be contacted after 18 years by a donor conceived yeah. child so they need to understand everything uh, in relation to that yeah, definitely. And in speaking about that, you know, you actually mentioned you know, conceived child. Um, you know, there's always a lot of depending on your culture, ethnicity, or thought process, or for whatever reason, people have the conversations about uh, telling or not telling do not conceive children about the fact that they are. In your opinion, what would you say to anyone listening and wondering if to tell their child? or not? Um, well, I would say, I would actually put it this way. If you choose to tell your child that they're donor conceived, uh, we recommend that you start off at a very early age and being as honest uh, as possible, always taking into consideration your child's age. Um, we have a lot about um, how to go about it on our webpage. We have blogs, we have uh, links uh, with books. We have our Family Dreams group on Facebook where you can uh, confer with other uh, parents um, with donor-conceived children about how they went about it. There's a lot of information. We, we, we try to leave it up to the, 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 themselves whether or not they want to, to tell them because it's, it's not our, uh, our right. stance is that Either you do or don't, that's that's okay for you. It's your choice. But if you choose to tell them, be as honest as possible. Well said, thank you. And I love the fact that you, you've highlighted that your website also has a lot of support on how to do that. Because I think oftentimes one of the common um, comments or worries is how do I tell? What do I say? When do I start? So having all that uh, support and information on your website is really helpful as well for prospective parents. Yes, and, and again, it, it's about visibility. And on our, and, and on our webpage, we have uh, um, some YouTube videos also with donor-conceived children telling, telling a bit about their experiences as donor-conceived children and how they were told, oh, that's which wonderful. I really recommend watching as well. Um, but there's a lot of... Uh, information available and children's books too that uh, could be uh, of uh, great help when you go about it. Thank you for sharing that. And just to ask as well, in terms of, uh, you know, for anyone listening, wondering how they know how many eggs to order or how much uh, straws or sperm to order, do you give them guidance um, as an agency to advise on how to make a decision on that? We always tell them to, to consult also with, with their clinic when starting the, the fertility journey, but you should also uh, think uh, long-term 
again, it's not a given that you get pregnant in, in the first cycle. And so on average, you should uh, probably order a little bit more if it, it's if it, both sperm and eggs, but a little bit more, um, you can keep the samples stored at cryos and any unused samples can't be, we have a buyback guarantee of 75% of the straw price and this goes for X too. For X, we, we say a minimum of six, six X. Um, again, we can, you can ship as you go. So you can ship the samples as per cycle. So you don't lose uh, any unused samples stored at the clinic. Um, right. But also if you consider having siblings, it's better to, to just have a bit more or you can keep buying from that donor to ensure that he doesn't sell out or, he do, or she doesn't stop being a, being a donor because there's also that risk that at some point they decide to, to stop and, and continue with their lives with, uh, and, um, and then they sell out and then there are more, no more samples. So all this has to be taken into consideration as well. So it's better to, to purchase a little bit more. Yeah. And again, you can always add on because we will merge uh, if you buy more samples to keep uh, stored at cryos in a reservation depot, well then those add-ons could be merged into the original reservation. Oh, wow. Thanks for highlighting that. Cause I think that's something that uh, one might not think about. And the fact that you actually you know, people can ship as they need it. Because obviously if they've shipped it all out of cryos, it cannot be returned. No, uh, any if, if you uh, choose to have it all shipped to the clinic at once, uh, then we uh, regretfully cannot take it back. Of course, yeah. So then they have that option of keeping it with you and then just shipping it out in bits or as they need it. Exactly, and and I, I actually really recommend this um, because again, if if uh, you've gotten to a point where you you've had the children that uh, that you just you desired and everything is good and and this is the time to stop for now, then you can you can we have that buyback guarantee of seventy five percent buyback of uh, the unused straws. Um, it's just and and again also if just. As a security, uh, if, if you're still uh, trying for your first uh, child and want to ensure also having for a second or a third child in the future. Exactly. Thank you for highlighting that. Uh, so for, for any uh, anyone just wondering, I know that we spoke about the fact that you offer eggs and sperm uh, donation. Do you have embryos as well? No. Uh, unfortunately, we do not offer embryo creation in, in the EU. Okay. So that's, not, that's not possible. All right. And for anyone listening, which obviously you've, you've actually really educated us today and shared so much information, but for anyone listening and looking to contact uh, you, what's the best way to reach you? Well, uh, we're actually uh, very available all over. Uh, we can be contacted by phone, by mail. We have a chat function on our webpage. We have our social media, uh, both Facebook and Instagram. So uh, you can contact us more or less all over. Um, and there's always someone to, uh, to get a hold of. Okay, so just go on Cryos International or on your uh, social media pages. 
Okay. And is that the same as well for anyone interested in getting started? What will, be, will that be the first step for them to proceed to reach out to you? And... They can either reach out to us. They can also uh, reach out to their, uh, their GP or gynecologist to get a referral to, uh, to um, fertility clinic. It can be our family dreams to get um, our family dreams group on, on Facebook to get uh, some pointers from other women that are, are starting their journey or are in the midst of their journey um, because it, it helps when you're not alone and you're with some, some yes. other women who are, who are in it or have been in it uh, who can give you advice. Um, so yes, and our, our team, we're grateful to be able to help anyone who, who calls us or write us. Um, and we always recommend them also to, to go on our, uh, our family dreams group because there's so much valuable information there from, from some of, uh, from, from the women who are a part of, of that group. Yes. And it's so important. Like you said, support is so invaluable just to know that there are others like you and other people that might have walked, uh, that journey before you and can assist or, Exactly. Yeah. Support is crucial. And even you have, even if you do have the support of your family, they will not un understand in full terms uh, the no. process and the, 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 everything that's, that's going through your mind and the stress and um, the, the information load that you need to go through. But these women who are in, uh, in it either getting started in the midst of it or having, having finished it, they can, they can give you so much sparing of that, um, which is for me is gold. Um, you, it doesn't get much better than the information that you get from other women who, who are in the same situation or have been in the same situation as, as yourself. Definitely really really helps just know that you're not alone <laughs> there's such exactly. a like, like you said yeah exactly knowing that you're not alone that there are a lot more women that, that you would possibly think of uh, that are in the same situation and I think some women don't know that these groups exist and, and when they they find out they're like they, they yeah. feel such a relief that they yeah can, like where have you can, been <laughs> exactly and and that they can talk freely about uh and there's no taboos there are no silly questions that yeah you can ask anything and everything without being frowned upon and look strange at um it is it, it's such a, a valuable thing and so so important to have that support from others in the same situation it is and that's really incredible that you have that as well as an additional resource yes, it, is. It, 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 it is and I, I say that as it's it's nothing but it is it is it's, it's huge it is, it's huge uh, because yeah. if we if go back to 10 20 years back there wasn't I mean it was there was so much more to do back then and and now it's there seems to be a lot more acceptance and it's becoming more common, uh, both uh, with, uh, the female fertility struggle, but also male infertility. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it seems to be more accepted that, um, that 
you need to go through some sort of fertility initial process, whether it's the whole shebang or if it's just some parts of and bits of the process. Yeah, yeah. Well said, really. And, and I just cannot imagine how it was for people way back then that didn't have that support. So this is I, just I, amazing. Yeah, exactly. I, I cannot even begin to imagine the stress that they must have gone through because, again, a lot of closed doors, a lot of taboo, a lot of uh, of secrecy. And yeah. now it's, uh, I mean, it still exists in, in some countries. Um, Definitely. <laughs> yeah, for it, sure. It does. It does and, and we yeah. do hear that. But it, uh, thankfully, it, it, it is starting to open up a lot more. And we see that it, it, people talk about it with a whole different um uh, um openness and and um be, being something that they're they appreciate more um and and, and it should be like that it, it should be a taboo it, it is a, a real struggle and it is a real issue for so yeah. many people today that the more we talk about it and the more we normalize it the better because we'll find that a lot more people go through it in silence and, and they shouldn't they really shouldn't. Yeah, this is no one's fault, really. Thank you so much for, for highlighting that. That's really important for people to also hear. So thank you. And as a wrap up, Beatrice, is there any other information that you'd like to share with anyone listening and considering donor conception? Anything about Cryos International or any other information you'd like to share? Well, um, I would say don't be afraid. Um, Contact us if, if you're just starting up. Um, don't be afraid of asking questions. As, as I mentioned before, there are no silly questions. There are no stupid questions. Um, if interested, go to our uh, Family Dreams group on Facebook. There's so much information there. Um, go to our webpage, crisisinternational.com. A lot of valuable information there too, both from uh, on our blogs, but also very detailed information about how you commence the process. You can send us a, a chat message uh, where you can be anonymous and ask questions if you do, do not feel comfortable uh, pick up, picking up the phone um, or sending us an email for that matter. We are more than help, uh, glad to help anyone contacting us and they shouldn't be afraid of, of anything. Uh, we know it's a delicate process to go about, but we're here to help anyone and everyone who, who wants to, to commence the journey. Thank you so much, Beatrice. It's been really amazing having you on here today. Uh, such an informative session with you. Um, you shared so much. And of course, like you highlighted, there's still so much support and resource available on your website and on your social media pages. So it's just amazing um, the setup that your agency has to support people trying to conceive. So thank you so much um, for coming on the show today and for sharing with us all it's about Christ International. Yes, thank you. Um, and of course, we look forward to having you again in the near future. Thank you so much. Oh, definitely, my pleasure. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, 
please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.